Well, we made it to February. Huh? We made it to February. Yes. Yes. For those that were watching online and wondering what happened, they told me it was January. And I'm like, no, it's February. We made it to February. And the, the groundhog has come out and determined that it's going to be an early spring. But I don't know if you can trust the groundhog. So we do know that Valentine's Day is approaching us. For some, it's a big deal day. For some, maybe they put too much emphasis. For others, it's just another day for the uh, card companies to sell cards. And for others, what's Valentine's Day? They really care less. But around Valentine's Day, we start seeing the, the, the hearts and the Valentine's cards. If you were in school, we used to do those. And, and uh, you're supposed to buy flowers or candies and everything. Everybody's trying to um, take part in that. So it seems to make sense that this would be a good time to talk about love. Not generally the Valentine kind of love, maybe, but, you know, love kind of in general. You know, and in English, we're not always clear on love. You know, you ever walked around and you see someone that says, oh, I just love your dress. Or I just love your jacket. Or I just... Now, I don't tend to throw the word around the way some people do. I think ladies tend to use that word more than I would. But guys are scared to death of the word at times because they're not exactly sure on how a woman's going to interpret it. And at other times, guys don't know what they're talking about, and they'll say the word, and it'll be interpreted as meaning something that maybe it doesn't. It can be a confusing word because... You know, somebody says, I love chocolate, and they're like, and I love my wife, okay? The, the lady, the woman says, oh, I love those flowers. And the guy's wondering, okay, she loves me like the flowers, or does she, is, my, is that love different than the love for me? And it gets very confusing. You know, I've been around and have people say, oh, I just loved your performance. And, I, oh, I just love, they just toss it around, you know. And so what does this love, this love mean? And in different languages, it means different things. And trying to figure out just what is meant and how do you interpret it. I think, I think in Spanish they have multiple words too. They got amor and amar and farina. And I don't know what those all mean. But it can be a little bit examined. Uh, uh, confusing to figure it out. I believe in some of the uh, languages that exist in like Alaska, they got a lots of different words for snow. Because snow is part of their culture, so we would call it a wet snow or a, a dry snow or a whatever. But they live it, it's part of it. And so they have different words, so sometimes as you knew, if you've messed around with Google Translate or something, I'll say, well, you can't always trust it because it doesn't necessarily match word for word, or, and they try to get better with that. Well, the Bible is the same way as you know, or you might know. 
We have English translations that we use, and the word love is put in there, but there's different translations sometimes. And we know that the New Testament was translated from the Greek. We've talked about that before. And so when we get to this word of love, and when we see love in the Bible, which one does it mean? Does it mean, I love pancakes? Or just what does it mean? You know, when you express love and and you say, I love the person I'm going to marry, hopefully it means something different than, like I said, I love chocolate. Or I love my car. Of course, sometimes some people mean mean the same thing, that they love their car like they love their wife, and then, of course, we know that causes a problem. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7 we have this, this, this chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians is often called the love chapter. Today we're going to lay a little bit of foundation, we'll do a little bit of teaching before we, to enable our preaching, uh, but uh, we might spend a little bit of time here over the next week or so, Lord willing, or he could change direction. Just to remind you, if you're not already aware, in the Greek there's several words for love as well. I believe there's four, I believe only three are used in scripture, the word eros, the word phileo, you've probably heard of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and so phileo is the word for brotherly love, and then the word that you're probably somewhat familiar with, or at least have seen it around, sometimes churches are even named after it, it's agape, A-G-A-P-E, but it's got the Greek letters like you would see out of college, you know, over the Greek houses, and starts with the letter alpha. And sometimes it might take the form of different words like agapeo or, or things like that. But what is that love mean when we read? Now, in different parts of Scripture, it uses a different word, and it'll be in the English in love. And as we read through, through chapter 13... It's going to be from the word agape, agape. So before we read that, just a reminder, maybe you weren't aware, agape is a positional type of love, meaning it's preferred. It's more of a first place. So it would be a little bit in conflict if I say I love my car and I love my wife, and I use the word agape in both of them, it would be a little confusing. But I could say I love my car as in I like it a whole lot. It should be different, like I said, than the way I would love my wife. But it's positional. It's that preferred love. It's first place. It's a, in looking at the, the, the a dictionary of sorts for these kinds of words, it's a Moral preference. It's the love of reason. And that'll make a little bit more sense as we read through our scripture this morning. This first place love, this moral preference, the love of reasons. You remember in Revelations it says, you have lost your first love. You know, when we get God out of position, when we love God in that agape kind of love and He moves out of first place into something else. 
we start getting into problems. When we start getting things out of the preferred order, we can start having problems. So let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. I want to ask if we could just leave 1 Corinthians 13, 4 up on the screen behind me, and that's where we'll spend our time today, and that'll make it an easy reference for you. Now, this love is more than a feeling. So when you hear people say in their marriage that they fell out of love, you start to wonder what kind of love did they have? If we look at the first part of this verse, it says, love suffers long. Love suffers long. In some translations, it might say it is long-suffering. Other translations, you might say the word patience. And you can use the word patience if you include in the concept the, the, the suffering part. Meaning? You could say love is more than a feeling in this sense, because if I'm suffering, that would seem to mean that it's not feel doesn't feel good. If I'm long suffering means I'm putting up with him or I'm putting up with her in this particular moment because I may not like them very well right now. He never cleans this or picks up that, or she never, whatever those words might be. If your relationship is based off of a feeling, it's very easy to fall out of love in those situations. I think that's where some people, they have that feeling, and they take that feeling, and then They get the order of marriage out of whack, and then they do the act of marriage or something they should wait for that's after marriage, and they do it before. The hormones kick in, and it's all just physical. It's all just emotion. But love is long-suffering. Long-suffering. And when Jesus died on the cross, which kind of love do you think he had? I only love you when it feels good. I only love you when, you know, my heart's pitter-patter. I only love you when, no, his long-suffering love, the kind of love that when they scourge you with the cat-of-nine-tails, rip your flesh off, 
when they drive the nails through your wrists, I don't think that was a feel-good love. Some songs will call it a crazy emotion, as it were. We have a misgiving and a misunderstanding of love and in society. They don't understand necessarily that love is a rational choice in so many ways. It's, I choose to prefer God. Later we'll talk about I choose to prefer truth. But it's a love that is long-suffering. Loving when you don't feel like it. You know, you don't marry someone because you love them like you love a stuffed animal. Long suffering. This is the kind of love that God has for us, for God to love the world. Christ's long suffering. And it's also the kind of love, it says to love the Lord your God with all, and then it continues. And it continues and it says what? And your neighbor as yourself. It's using the same word to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that can get a little tricky. You know, you might not like someone. And you might not like to be around them. So maybe you shouldn't be around them. It depends on the circumstances. But you know what you have to do? You have to love them. You have to love them even when you don't like them. And what does that mean? Well, and that's what we'll learn here as we study this passage of Scripture. And that's what I'll learn, too. This, these are tough things to absorb. And we can conceptualize them, but when we put them into practice, it can be a challenge. To love the unlikable. To love others as ourself. So it continues, and is kind. Kind. In researching the word that's, that's behind this word translated as kind, it's this full of sev uh, service to others and is gentle. service to others and is gentle. Well, that makes us think that in our interactions with other people, whether it's at work or in the grocery store or when we are driving, do we reflect a love that is long-suffering and kind? The 
tireder we are, it's probably a little harder to keep these lined up. Long-suffering and kind, do you wish the best for them even if you don't like them? Can, can you think about, some of you may not be sports people, but you can kind of imagine this, that there's some people that watch a sporting endeavor and, you know, Super Bowl's coming up, so let's use football. I mean, basketball's in season two. There's all kinds of things always going on, but can you imagine someone wanting their team to win so badly that they hope the other starting player gets injured. Isn't that interesting? They have a greater love for the well-being of their sports team than the physical well-being of their opponent. You would hope that you would want to beat the player when they're healthy. Versus having it being given to you, so to speak, through injury. You might enjoy a good hit, as it were, in the tackling in a football game. But at the same time, you don't want to see, or you shouldn't want to see, the player permanently injured. Long-suffering and kind. Hopefully, you know, we see it on the news, or I think there's even shows I heard about it with the road rage. People get so upset about something that they might be happy when they drive by and see that person has wrecked and injured themselves. You may not like them. You have to love them. Well, that can be hard. Because you're not only... Love is what? Long-suffering and kind. It's hard to be gentle and kind to those that are rude to you. This love, this agape love, this sacrificial love, like Jesus had, God so loved the world. It's not just a, a feeling, it's something that's, that's deeper. It continues, does not envy. Does not envy. It's not jealous. Combine that with wanting to be patient and long-suffering and kind, does not envy, jealous. You ever get mad at somebody else's success? I should have got that promotion. They're doing well. Do you celebrate? Their situation, celebrate 
their effort continues does not parade itself it's not a a braggart or a show-off is not puffed up or could be translated and you might have some of your translations might have the word arrogant it's not arrogant So, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, not arrogant. I want you to listen closely to this next phrase. Think about this. So, you'd also have to be careful if you said, listen, hey, I'm better than you, or think I'm better than they are, because I'm not arrogant. you hear what I said? I'm better. Pretend I'm saying this to someone. I'm better than they are because I'm not arrogant. Imagine telling someone, listen, I'm better than you are because I'm not arrogant like you are. Well, you were just arrogant, right? Kind of have to be careful with that and kind of creeps out in our, our attitudes and how we reflect We, uh, it's kind of, this is kind of makes me think a little bit. It's, it's kind of those things when you're, you're raising kids and you have board games or you play games and, you know, we played some games last night and things. <coughs> so we played some electronic games. There was a time when I would play and, and, um, you know, I would do okay and, um, my younger kids, they wouldn't. They wouldn't win, but then they would do a little bit better, and then they're better, and now I play with them on some of those games, and I just have to enjoy the fellowship, because I can't beat them anymore. Their fingers do these things through the buttons, and, and they do it with their left hand or the right hand, and I get my right hand to do some of the stuff, but my left hand, I, I get, fr- now some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but we'll pretend. I get frustrated why they put all those finite controls on how to move the characters around that my left thumb has to do it. I would rather my right thumb did it. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? You probably know what I'm talking about, but I can't control the left hand like they can to get the, to double click the thing to make the thing jump to the side that goes through the hidden door, you know, to get the special prize. But anyway, you play games with your kids, and it's good learning for them because they learn how to, (laughs) they start out learning how to lose, right? And hopefully you're a gracious winner because they're also learning how to win later on because later they're going to beat you. But it's always humbling at some of these games because you have to rejoice in the other persons. I was playing... Uh, a flinch or something at my mother-in-law's, and I could not get the right cards. Other people were winning. I had to celebrate the fellowship, and it was hard because I kept losing. I wasn't only losing, I was last. But see, I needed to rejoice in their winning, right? And when 
when, uh, when I was beating my children when they were younger on some games, you know, I wouldn't just give it away, give them opportunity. They might make a mistake, and then, okay. But, you know, I coached them in ball and stuff like that. But you don't, you don't lay in your face and say, hey, see, I beat you. You're no good. I didn't do that stuff. That's not good training, right? And so now that they beat me, they're gracious, you know. But it's in that learning to rejoice, even in something as simple as a board game, but in life, sometimes other people get the job that you wanted. They might even have cheated to get there, or do other things to get there. But you weren't about to do those things. So we rejoice. We don't want to have that jealousy, right? We want to be gentle and kind. At the same time, when things go well, we don't want to say, hey, I'm better than you. Love. Tough. It's tough. I read a, somebody posted something online, some of you know the individual, but they talked about that even in a religious circle, and some of you might go and you'll read it later and you'll remember that I said this. It was talking about in a religious circle how people were saying, listen, I'm better than you because, and had to do with their form of religion. Christians, but they kind of were, had to be very careful. They were, weren't presenting themselves as arrogantly because, you know, we believe the same things, but I'm still better than you because I dress a certain way. And so it's those challenges of, that arrogance, or does not envy. It's that kind of love. It's that kind of love. That we care, we're concerned, we rejoice when they do well, even if it's the job that we would like, and we're gentle and kind. Gentle and kind. Love. So as we go through these parts of love, just remember love's more than a feeling. I'm tempted to call that my sermon title, but I think it's in a song, and they'll probably come after me for doing that. But it's more than a feeling. It's a commitment. It's preferential. And first of all, we're to have that kind of love for God. You ever thought about that, that sometimes God teaches us to be long-suffering? You think about Job. He had to have the kind of commitment and the kind of love, even in the midst of the trials, that he didn't, he didn't run out on God. We need to have that kind of love that we trust God through the ups and through the downs. We need to demonstrate that kind of love. But it'll help us keep that balance, right? Because it can otherwise, if we get jealous, we get arrogant. It starts to separate. And the person might have done nothing against you, but then you get this jealousy. 
you caused the rift. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. So as you go through work and through your home life and through your activities, may these resonate with you this week. And as you see the valentines and the hearts and the everything, think about what does love really mean? How does the Bible want you to depict it to those that are close to you and also those that are a little farther away from you? How do you show the love to the ones that you really, really like? How do you show love to those that you don't like much at all? To the point, I'm okay not being around them. May the Lord guide you and teach you and teach me this concept of love. Let's be standing together. Father God, we ask that you would help us to stay, that your Holy Spirit would teach us love. Lord, that we would understand that concept that is long-suffering and kind. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to understand what that means. And help us to have the strength and the direction and change our hearts so that we might be able to do it. And Lord, help us as we endeavor to not be jealous or envious and not parading itself around and just being arrogant. Help us to find that balance that you desire us to have. Help us, Father, to learn love, to share it with others, and that others might see you through us. Guide us throughout this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.